Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is... Pat O. You already know what I'm going to ask you, so... <laughs> you, you want me to... Pat, how was your weekend? I can't... <laughs> I was going to make you say it. Make you fucking say the words to me. <laughs> make me work for it, huh? Ask me about myself. <laughs> Request that I speak on my own behalf. Uh, my weekend was alright. I don't know. I've been uh, super busy with work. Um, and uh, that just kind of is what it is. Sure. Um and uh i worked on the movie this weekend torch of the flesh i actually this is this is how fucking exhausted i've been with work i i was on set for a couple hours and uh we filmed the scene where a bunch of chicks leave a three chicks leave a bar and um the killer follows one of them home and then it's the first fuck a girl with a knife scene oh yes 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 i've been excited about this yes and it was one of many in the in the screenplay uh but it was the first one that we were filming and i actually bowed out and went home early to get some sleep before well they weren't gonna do the actual knife fucking part because that's part of the special effects heavy like the the actual insert shot of like you know whatever all right all right that's fine but i i was there for all the boring like you know shooting stuff on the side streets of elburn illinois you know on a saturday night while drunks like wander around what are you guys filming you know and that whole thing so i did basically i did all the shit work and then when it got to the when the girl was going to take her boobies out and uh, get fucked with a knife i just was like all right i'm going home (laughs) there's no dialogue in these scenes you guys don't need me i'm exhausted that that's how tired i've been lately so I'm just um, saying, I better get some behind behind the scenes shots of this knife fucking incident because I yeah send it. Well, follow them on Facebook because uh, Torture the Flesh. I think the the link is uh, in the yeah. But are they going to post? I don't think they can post something like that on Facebook. No, that you're going to have to actually watch the movie for. What do you mean watch the movie? We can't. Sh- you can't show me props. I'll show you the girls. Actually, one of the girls was in a, a 48 hour film that I did props, about two years ago. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. They're all just fucking things to do things with i don't know um yeah so that was that was this weekend you know i'm still not drinking or partying so i actually it'll be 30 days tonight at midnight that i've been uh i've been clean and sober so wow tonight at midnight yeah congratulations good for you yeah so uh doing that and then uh doing the vegetarian thing here and there Mm -hmm. um because like this would this would probably be a good show topic but i uh I mean, are you familiar with like factory farming? I'm not like a super big animals rights person. Like I know there's lots of people that are vegan and like really hardcore vegetarian. I like Mexican food too much. Like I like steak tacos. I like burritos. Um, but I am very well aware of how terrible animals are treated. Oh yeah. For, for them to get meat that we eat. Cows don't just like live on a fucking pasture and then they're like brought in and like killed. Like they're born and raised into these hellish conditions. Oh yeah, I know. And, yeah, it's it's awful. Yeah, and I always thought that would make a good horror movie too. Like if you had like a group of people that were subjected to the same exact procedures that we subject animals to to get meat, and you showed humans like in gestation crates and battery cages and forced to be fucking milked and all this stuff. Like, like don't uh, quote me on this, but I feel like 
that already i'm almost positive that already is a movie either that or you and i have talked heavily about that before i, I think no we idea. have because i ran a kickstarter about five years ago trying to get this movie made i have the script written yeah i called it the jungle 2099 but like it's 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 a million dollar idea and i don't I, and the more i talk about it it's i'm at the point now where like i'll probably never make it but someone go make it because i want to oh watch gosh. it yeah someone please make this i would watch it yeah it's not, I, yeah it's right up my alley yeah so that's... <laughs> well yeah i am familiar i'm I, I i'm pescatarian i don't you didn't i don't i'm pretty sure you knew that but i guess maybe you didn't um, what's that mean i don't um i don't eat like red meats oh okay uh, but, I, but i eat I, i'll eat um seafood mm-hmm. um you know in lieu of and it's not so much like an animal rights thing i mean factory farming is awful um dairy farming is just the absolute fucking worst yeah um it, it it doesn't always have to be um uh, but but most of the time it is because it's cheap um but you know i just don't really like meats really you know i don't really but you know considering my my diet anyway and just how i have to be for for health reasons um you know i it's easiest for me to eat meat um but i i don't so i mean i compromise with seafood because i don't mind seafood um, but those are some pretty awful practices as well. Like tuna farming is terrible. Um, so, you know, you just, uh, pick your poison. I mean, you know, we can't, uh, if somebody can be vegan, more power to you, really. Honestly, it's a lot of work. It's hard. It but is. I've tried yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I've tried to go full vegan because there's differences, but I, you know, I just, I can't, I don't have, I just can't. <laughs> it's a I lot just, of meal prep and it's a lot of like, you have to, you have to make your food consumption more of like a focal point of your life than it's ever been in the past like it is like for me like i'm at the point now where and i and i've been like making an i've been making more of an effort with this stuff for the past couple weeks and all i've really been doing is like trying to eat meat only maybe once a day and then having as many completely meat-free days as possible and i've so far i've done like you know about two meat-free days a week and then if you know at the most i'll have meat like maybe once a day and that's right. it. And and all it is is like you just keep it's choices, and you just keep making trying to make the better choice whenever you give given the opportunity. And sometimes you don't have an opportunity, especially like us where we have kids and shit. Where it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to totally derail what everybody's eating because you know I'm making a frozen sausage pepperoni pizza, but I'm going to fucking not have it. Or everyone wants to do this, and I'm going to be the oddball and go in the other direction. And now right. I got to make something completely different. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Um, but the more you make those choices and the more you kind of get yourself in the habit of being more thoughtful when you grocery shop or planning things out a little bit better in the long run, it gets easier to make those choices. Right. I mean, the more you end up reducing, you know, your, your footprint, but you know, let's be honest, it's not, it's, it's very expensive and people are like, Oh no, it's not. Well, sure. If you want to eat the same 10 foods for the rest of your life, it's not, but you know, who the hell we're human, you know, what, one of our simplest joys in life is, is eating. And, you know, so let's let's just be honest there. I mean, there are meat substitutes and things like that. But again, they're much more expensive. You can get them cheaper. You know, you can coupon for them and all that good stuff. But it's expensive and it, it's, it can be extremely inconvenient for people that can't don't have lifestyles where they can just spend all this time cooking and preparing food and you know like you said matching the needs of other people with you know of course people with different health concerns and things like that i mean you definitely have to be on top of it but you know factory farming is not just bad because of the cruelty to animals it's probably the most um uh, destructive the environment 
very de- right very destructive to the environment and yeah. so i mean as as much as we can reduce our footprint as possible which you know we already know now that reducing your footprint isn't so much just on the personal responsibility i mean i know the more of us that do it the better but it, it is more these big corporations and they are you know they fucking outshine us by metric tons you know what i mean so right it's just one of those things but i mean try you know try it out it's definitely it's not that bad it's not as difficult as people think um yeah the best the best advice i've i've gotten so far is not to try and adopt a bunch of vegetarian uh recipes is just to stick with stuff that you already like to eat and then right cut the meat out of it you know what i mean or like figure out how to do substitutes there and i've done that and that's worked out pretty good but you know i like like i like cases a lot of quesadillas veggie burritos i actually when i was trying when i was doing the kickstarter for the jungle 2099 i i was vegetarian that whole that during that whole period and it was like a six month that i spent like on pre-production on this and it never sure. happened but uh yeah it's my, my the staple of my vegetarian diet is veggie burritos quesadillas uh pasta and peanut butter sandwiches sure well, and that's <laughs> lots well, of I mean, eggs just like any <laughs> lifestyle change period like you're going to fall off the wagon you're going to you just get back up and continue you know it's just right things. you can't beat yourself up about it but no it's pretty neat so i'm okay well pat's doing the the old vegetarian. Uh, well, you're vegetarian, not vegan, is that no, right? No, I, I, come on, I need cheese, and I'm not giving up fucking that shit. <laughs> that's right I now. know. That's my thing. I fucking love cheese. I hate dairy farming, but I love cheese. It's well, and you can get ethically sourced things as well. Not, not just because somebody owns a dairy farm does not mean that they are fucking monsters. There are ways right. that they can do it correctly, and things like that. You know, so just know, know where you're getting your shit. At least if you're gonna eat meat and stuff, know where it comes from. You know, that's buffalo wild wings has very good uh cauliflower wings that oh, are almost do. they're they're industry you can't even tell the difference they're they're pretty good you know people um, whine all the time they're like i don't want cauliflower that's gross and i was like just try it no when we were doing my wife goes through like fad diets and stuff and uh we did keto pretty heavily going in the complete opposite direction uh we were we were doing the keto thing uh about a year ago and that was uh i learned all the ways that you can cook and and manipulate cauliflower and it's not bad you know the cauliflower pizza crusts or whatever like you know it's not the end of the world yeah um, i make like a cauliflower mac and cheese and it's amazing i get down on that i just i need some of that next time I'm over yeah. i mean it's better than regular mac and cheese so i don't know I'm and sure. it's not fattening because noodles there's no noodles so i you know whatever that's fine if you don't want to live your best life and you guys just absolutely fucking hate cauliflower that's on you but i don't i don't give a shit what you do with your body and what you put into it i'll be honest with you do whatever you want to do <laughs> um <laughs> What when going back to something we talked about last week? Uh, sure, we were talking about kind of the uh, well, actually, the week before last week, we had Aaron. But when we were talking about like COVID and concerts and stuff, I was supposed to go see Kiss this upcoming weekend, and I think the next the next stop on the Kiss tour, uh, kind of the chase, Paul Stanley has COVID, so uh, the Kiss tour that they're currently on right now is kind of up in the air their next scheduled concert appearance is wednesday uh actually tonight actually if you're listening to the show they're it's supposed tonight, to be playing yeah. tonight in dayton um no oh. yeah believe it or not so uh hopefully he gets better and he does that because then a couple nights later they're supposed to be playing in chicago and i'm supposed to go see him but that's really another one of these concerts that's like or events that's like is it gonna happen is it not gonna happen you know kiss ain't gonna cancel to the last minute they ain't giving no money back they ain't leaving any money on the table mm-hmm. so it's yeah. you know 
it's that's true that's fucking paul point. stanley has covid and they're like well we'll just take this day by day <laughs> well i mean let's not cancel the tour just yet well yeah just, let's just see what happens well people don't usually get over covid in like a week it just depends it depends on who you are it depends on you know 10 days is like the minimum i thought but he's had it for a little he's had it for a hot minute so i think oh, it okay. might be the, the chicago i wouldn't be surprised if this chicago date is his the the tour is back on date if if that's the one they come back for because that would kind of line up time-wise but it's very uh you know we're still in the throes of it i guess you know it feels like it should be over but then there's every once in a while there's all this weird stuff that happened mcdonald's just released in the news today that they're going to close all their dining rooms again and yeah uh, our governor's been talking about shutting down restaurants again yeah it's like i thought this was all fucking over and it's like no they just released it just the summer we had the summer off from covid and now we're all going back to being in a pandemic again like what a weird fucking uh what a weird way to like manage a pandemic we uh as much as i want to talk about it (laughs) i'm not going to talk about what covid <laughs> oh oh yeah we don't have to we don't have to dwell on it I just, <laughs> but you're right um you know panda it's, it's we're back in the pandemic again it sucks i mean we, i guess we never left it it's just that it's getting bad again that's expected this happens in pandemics it goes up and down yeah um you know that's just where we're at and uh eventually it will be eventually either i'm not gonna say it <laughs> i'm not gonna say it no I'm not gonna say it. Whatever. I'm sorry that you didn't get to see Kiss. You really love them. I might. No, no, no. It hasn't been canceled yet. They haven't. Oh, officially... it's not your show. Okay. Yeah, they've canceled three dates so far. Okay. And then on Wednesday uh, today, they're playing Dayton, and then my, uh, which is the first, of course. We all know what today's date is, and then sure. um, they're playing in Chicago Saturday the fourth. Okay. So that's your big... show. Yeah. Okay. So okay. the question is, are they going to be back on the road by the 4th? They have not canceled the whole tour yet because they're kissed, and of course they wouldn't do something like that. They're just canceling, they're rescheduling individual shows. Okay. And the big question is whether or not this will affect That's me or, or the, the train will get back on the tracks just in time for our stop, but we'll see. Uh, and then the one last thing I wanted to bring up uh, before we hear about your weekend in the news is uh, September 2nd, this Saturday, or no, this Thursday, um, tomorrow, I'm going to be doing the CryptoCasters thing. That's right. CryptoCasters over on Clubhouse. Um, yeah. That is, uh, if you don't have Clubhouse, I mean, what are you even doing with your life? You know? I right. Mean, seriously. Uh, get on Clubhouse. Get on Clubhouse and join the Cryptozoology Club because we talk about a lot of cool things. Pat's going to be on there talking about... Werewolves. Werewolves. Which isn't even my... Like, if you're if you're a fan of Pat O'Sullivan and you're listening to the show because you know me, IRL uh of you're like of course he's doing an episode on werewolves because that's always been like my go-to movie monster and no they they came to me and said you know because i i do shows with those guys like occasionally and they came to me and said hey would you want to do an episode on werewolves and i was like of course yeah and then and I was you're like, actually you know, doing it with uh you don't even know you're doing it with lyle blackburn who is a big my pearls i don't know who that is you know it's a big deal <laughs> a lot of people listen to the show is he a werewolf <laughs> Yes, Lyle Blackburn is a werewolf. Um, no, he's not, but he just came out with his own hot sauce. And... <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, really? Dude, Lyle Blackburn's a big deal, Pat. <laughs> and the, in the hot sauce community? No, just in the in the cryptid community. He's a cryptozoologist. Oh. He's on, all, he's on all the documentaries and stuff. So there's two guys. Is he the hat that, guy? 
it's it's a hat guy. I, I don't know if he's that <laughs> hat guy, but I'm pretty sure it is. It is that hat guy. I can't remember if that one was Ken or if that was Lyle. I'm pretty sure that might have been Ken. Holy shit! I need to I need to research this before I yeah, start running my fucking mouth. Is that what's him? <laughs> what's his name? Because I'm gonna get his hot sauce on Amazon right now. What Lyle Blackburn. Lyle Black. Oh yeah, he pops up right away. Oh yeah, he's a big deal. You're, and I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. I have no idea why I wasn't asked, but I wasn't. Okay, he's, oh, what's, Greg? I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll be there. I'll listen. I'm sure I'll come up and fucking talk about werewolves also. Um, but no, Lyle's a cool guy. Um, so you're doing it with Lyle Blackburn, and then I believe Oscar from what is it, Induced Fear podcast, or is that what it is? I don't know. You should know. He wrote. <laughs> he's written books about. Uh... He's written a lot of books about the Missouri Mont, like Sasquatches and stuff. Yeah, he's a Foggy big. I told Creek. He's a, yeah, he's a big deal. I want to see. Oh, his hot sauce pops up right away too. It's, he just released it a couple, like uh, just a couple months ago. I think you can get it on Amazon. I'm looking for it. If you if you find anything on your end, let me know because it's not for the hot sauce or yeah. Oh, I'll, uh, that's easy. I'll get it for you. Um, yeah, because I'll, I'll totally eat his stuff, and then we'll just oh, talk about that the whole time. Oh, you're gonna eat his stuff, because I'll know more about hot sauce than I will about any of the fucking books he wrote. So <laughs> I could just be like, you know, we'll be talking about what he thinks about Momo. I'll be like, so put that hot sauce on fucking French fries or whatever. <laughs> but it, he puts it on his Momo. <laughs> His, his hot sauce yeah he uh yeah he's got hot sauce it's uh Lyle blackburn i mean again a lot of people here probably know who it is uh-huh. um you know so that's well, i feel pretty- honored to be counted counted amongst greats yeah uh, you will you will very cool so, so check be- that out watch me make an ass out of myself in front of people that are way better at this than i am absolutely <laughs> you're gonna do great no you're the movie guy so it'll it'll be that'll be good for you it's it's good it's a nice medium um you know so that'll be that'll be a great thing but yeah definitely check that out um anything else you want to plug this week uh, oh he I, plays I just, in a band he is the lead singer guitarist for western horror punk band ghoul town that's oh, pretty I, cool i didn't even know that that is really cool wow. yeah i'm a bass player so we'll talk about that we'll talk about music no nah, we're, we're kind of we're dancing around each other a little bit he's one of those people um, we follow each other on all the social medias. I just never talked to the man yet. So, um, but it, it's happening. You know, it's, we're getting there. I'll Eventually. introduce you guys. I'll make, I'll make introductions. Yeah, please do. <laughs> My please. buddy Lyle. Like, <laughs> that's bullshit. I know. <laughs> I'm so mad about it. No, it's all right. No, it's no big deal. The com- this community is a lot smaller than than people realize, and you end up meeting pretty much all your heroes within well from my track record within about the first two years of, of getting into it seriously so right <laughs> you know and they're and they're all pretty nice so and they're willing to talk to you but anyway um i, I don't have anything to plug uh except for actually um I, I wanted to mention this a couple of weeks ago and uh so i don't listen to a lot of shows believe it or not um which sounds really shitty because a lot of my friends are podcasters <laughs> yeah but if anyone but knows you it makes sense i just <laughs> well thank you to all my friends that do listen to my show i'm a bad friend i'm sorry i just i know a lot of people and eventually i do get around to listening to everybody's shows and and then when i do like i i give you guys honest ratings i tell you what i think i I do what i can um but um i did start listening right before i went to cryptid bash i started listening to the moth boys podcast let me tell you that is some good stuff right there man that's 
too. That's really good. Now, it's probably just me because like I'm a moron and I like that kind of humor, but it's kind of it's kind of dumb. It really is. It's just kind of like it's just like some dude bros talking about cryptids. Um, but I think they're really funny. I, I liked all their jokes and, you know, the information, eh, you know, it's it's it, they, they give you the basics that, you know, they give you what you need to know. Um, so I guess for somebody like me, I already know these things. I haven't fact checked them or anything. But um, like I said, it's entertaining at minimum. And they are just now they've been around since 2019. And uh, they are just now getting around to even though it's called Moss Boys, um, releasing a four part uh, uh, episode on the Mothman. So definitely check that out um, because that has been how I've been judging them now. And uh, so far, so good. They're doing a really good job. Episode three just came out uh, this past Monday and episode four, the final episode will come out next Monday. So at least listen to those. Uh, you know, if you're here for the Mothman stuff, definitely go check out their Mothman stuff. Um, but that's all I really have to, to update with. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, 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 you know, as long as we're pimping podcasts, which I guess could be a new segment of the show pimpin podcast uh pimpin podcast. Both, yeah um what's his name uh oh my god i'm gonna pull it up real quick uh, death by media man hank uh oh, yeah. he released two episodes this week one's six minutes long one's seven minutes long thank you hank and then there's also this podcast that i, I started checking out that i'm not affiliated with it anyway it's called retronauts okay and it's three dudes and they talk about uh like video games and Oh, I never thought like that I would find they're very, they do very good research. They're very intelligent. They're witty, but they're not like beat yourself over the head with their sense of humor. They're not like, Oh, look how clever we are. Like they're, they're just generally humorous. Um, and they talk about like the, this last one I listened to, it's the 30th anniversary this year, this August of super Nintendo being released. And That's they, cool. they talked about that for two hours. And before they did an episode on, um Evangelion and all the Evangelion video games and they did one on Earthbound and they did one on Final Fantasy 4 and and shit like that. So it's like you don't have to listen to every episode. You can they the last week's was about Battletoads. <laughs> you know. Okay. And yeah. uh yeah, it's kind of like ties into this week's topic, but Yeah. Definitely if you want a more mainstream look at video game and culture and history and stuff, uh give them a give them a peep. Yeah. Okay. Well, abs absolutely. We, we check that out. And also, um, you know, I know that there's no people who make stuff recently. The last one was was with Tobias Whalen. So if you haven't listened to the people who make stuff episode with him, check that out. Um, but they're, they're they will come out. I promise. I just uh, my not my life hit the fan. Uh, somebody else's life went to shambles, and I've been fixing it. So you're a good um, friend. I, I'm I'm too kind. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay um but it, they, it will continue uh we've we've definitely got interviews that have been recorded already there will be more people who make stuff but tobias's interview as always if you like the content over here you'll absolutely love the interview with tobias whalen so again people who make stuff check it out anywhere you, you podcast i can't believe i just plugged my own show on my own show but sure. hey you know what we're shameless over here it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so anyway back to the news um so i posted something on social media um uh two two days ago on on monday <laughs> and it was about this uh this idaho bigfoot video oh um, yeah did you see that did you see that video pat i did you did and and i was very impressed with it initially i was like wow this looks really good actually um mostly because of the fur it was the how the fur looked usually when you see these things they look pretty well groomed for living out in the woods their entire life mm -hmm. and uh this one did not look kind of disheveled and uh it looked good um but 
you know, my, 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 my dreams were, were dashed by the fact that like, it's probably not real because the, the only source I can find is from three years ago. And, uh, again, if you haven't checked it out, um, go, I post it everywhere on every, on every one of my social media platforms, um, of this Idaho Bigfoot video with the link. Um, but, and then I posted the update as well. Um, so the original video I found dates back to, like I said, three years ago with a guy named Mark Anders over in his YouTube channel. And, um, this guy has a couple of different videos and not just videos, but like random still pictures and I'll like insert them at the beginning of a video and he'll be like, Oh, look at that. And then he like goes on this rant of this insane topic. And, um, but doesn't really say the source of like where these things come from. However, if you look at the video, if you look at all the, the same creature in every video is pretty much the same creature in every video, which is strange. Very, very odd. So a lot of people have kind of chalked this guy up to being probably a hoaxer. Um, but mm. if, if you can find, if you go on my social media post and you see the video, if you can find that video dating back even earlier, if maybe he's not the original source, uh, let me know because I'm, I am curious because it does look pretty good um considering but at the same time you know so he could be stealing somebody else's clips he could have this costume it's not unheard of to to make your own costume like we we can make actual sasquatch looking costumes now sure like 2021 we can do it yeah my sister is a scrapbooker and makes all kinds of shit so i'm sure cranking out a sasquatch costume isn't uh isn't the hardest thing in the world to do no not at all not at all it's um so, yeah, I mean, it's not like people can't fake something like that. It's not like we can't, you know, make these costumes now. Um, but I am curious. I want to know if there's different origins to it. Like I said, he could have ripped somebody else's clip. Now, the guy's channel, to me, I was kind of watching some of the videos, and it kind of seems very satir- satirical. Um, so I don't, I think that, you know, he probably just uses it as like a joke. I don't know. Anyway, um, I found it because I was looking through the news, and this video was brought to my attention and it was recently up uploaded to uh, a channel called NVTV, which i'll tell you they suck um usually they have a lot of hoaxed videos so i wouldn't be surprised if it was fake um but right. that's my 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 first piece of news um my other one um is a lot more interesting there's uh been more cattle mutilations in in oregon Mm. um yeah uh, uh, a really important one actually uh this happened at the thomas angus ranch and uh it was their prize winning bull that uh you know they actually loved so dearly and uh this was august 14th it was discovered it was missing its nose tongue its left cheek its ear and eye the reproductive organs and part of its tail so with this deep dive into the uh you know oregon cattle mutilations and how they just kind of have been we've had a new flap recently um i discovered that there's also a big flap happening in argentina which is very interesting because uh kind of the folklore there is that they believe that um it's a chupacabra because that's where the chupacabra kind of started was you know south american lore and they people have seen chupacabras exiting spaceships um and you know doing weird things we, we've talked about it before there was a case a couple months ago where nobody ever fucking talked about it again the whole village saw the chupacabra come out of the spaceship and nobody and then it just left 
Um, but Argentina's having a very similar flap, and uh, not just that, they are finding what they're doing there is there's a ufologist who is, um, you know, trying to like tie together things there, and what she's finding that about 50% of the cattle mutilations that they have accompany weird things like lights in the sky, UFO sightings, um, sure, changes in the animals, um other things happening like power outages and you know so there's they're they're trying to see now correlation doesn't mean causation um but they're definitely taking it a little bit more seriously than the uh you know than the oregon cow emulations are so um yeah that's another another update we, we every time this happens we're always like we should talk about cattle mutilations and then we <laughs> just keep not doing an episode about it one of these days we will <laughs> It's gonna it's gonna solve itself, and then we'll just do the definitive episode once it's already been solved. We'll talk. There about we go. It. Wrap it up. Like this is yeah. what happens. This is what we know. Like you know, there's plenty more uh, weird Wednesdays in the future, so it's not. Sure. Gonna... There's good. I hear there's gonna be one next week. There's there. You know what? <laughs> there just might be one next week. Um, <laughs> but you know, we'll we'll figure it out eventually. Um, wait, I don't plan on taking a break anytime soon, so that's you know. <laughs> I think I've taken what one week off since I've started this a year and a half ago. So <laughs> this is my track record, but we'll, we'll get around to it. But yeah, more cattle mutilations. Uh, you know how how lovely. Um, no more of those uh, sea lions or seals or whatever it was they were that watched up on the. I haven't heard any more about that. That would be interesting to to see. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's happening. That's that's my news for the week. Uh, that's that's what I had. Um, Pat, what do, what do you think about video games? I play lots of them do you yeah it's a huge part of my life believe it or not (laughs) i had no idea oh yeah we talk about video games all the time we talk about video games but i just thought maybe you kind of just you know casually played them and think it was a big part of your life uh well now i'm um i i definitely do it less but i mean i um i had a nintendo at a very very young age i spent a lot of um a lot of my life hanging out in arcades i was of that age you know i was born in 1981 so uh i was you know i don't know like 10 when street fighter 2 was really big and and stuff like that like you know i wasn't like the first wave of arcade gamers that were doing like donkey kong or fucking space invaders or whatever in like the early nine early 80s like tron but um definitely like kind of that like 90s arcade renaissance i was a big i used to hang out at atlantis castle the chicago ridge mall and uh that was where i was every weekend and um console gaming and then i i got a pc pretty early on and i figured out how to do the pc gaming stuff uh yeah i'm a pretty big fucking nerd man (laughs) 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 i mean i'm 40 now so i'm significantly less nerdy i don't have the time to be it but uh yeah that's uh that's that's where i'm from big part of your life interesting well i mean you know honestly um you know and I, I don't talk about it as much as i should but but same um i i'm a retro video game collector so i'm i don't uh the only console that i keep current in my life is anything that nintendo puts out um so like i have a switch um but like as far as my newest consoles go i think the the newest one well, yeah the newest i have is a playstation 3 um because i won't buy anything at retail price i like the thrill of of the bargain as well as knowing what i found and what i have so um I don't rush out and buy the the brand new thing like i said except for nintendo just because they tend to to you know last the you know stand the test of time um but recently in recent years i bought um i had bought a copy of killer instinct which was one of my childhood oh, yeah. games 
and one of my favorites and uh so i bought killer instinct on the super nintendo but i didn't own a super nintendo yet so i had so i bought a 20 dollar game to go out and buy a 60 dollar console um but that's fine i needed one anyway i've got like the SNES, snes mini um you know along with classic nintendo things like that i mean i just you know as as i kind of go out and, and buy these things i you know i just collect them gradually um used to be a little bit more hardcore about it every once in a while i'll make a big purchase um i'm currently looking i'm currently looking for earthbound um, oh dude i'm playing that right now that's so crazy you would say that did i not I, tell you that you did not tell me that you're playing earthbound right now no yeah, i have I'm, I'm in uh tucson i'm actually almost done with tucson i uh so yeah what i did how i got earthbound was um I got this, well, actually, my son for his birthday, his godfather, because I, I told him just to give us, uh, we were collecting GameStop gift cards to get a PS5 when they come out, Sure. and um, I told my, my son's godfather, so just give us a GameStop gift card, we have a drawer full of them, and then when PS5 becomes available, we're just going to go get one, and he was like, well, I'll do one better, and he bought us an NES emulator off Amazon, which was like very cool of him thank you and uh you know so so yes nes emulator it was like i don't know how much it was it doesn't really matter it's thought that counts and but it was just a console but it was a console that plays nintendo and super nintendo games Mm -hmm. and then i went on amazon and i got a super nintendo cartridge that i bought off amazon for like 20 bucks and it's got roms of like 101 different super nintendo games and uh earthbound is on there See, so. I've been curious about those because that's what I did. When I when I bought my my Super Nintendo, what I did actually, I didn't buy a Super Nintendo. I bought a clone console that plays NES and Sega and SNES games. Yeah, and so that way, because I'm 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 out of TV space basically. I mean, I've got consoles all over in my living room and my bedroom, so that way I can pull the actual consoles and just play it instead and replace all three of those with with that one clone clone console. But I'm curious about the about the cartridges with the you know those types of deals i've played earthbound a lot a couple sure times. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're actually going to discuss earthbound um on this episode but, are we yes, awesome we are. yes we are and uh but we'll get there um but you know i play it I've, I've got it for the virtual console on my wii u i've got it's on the snes mini i just i've played on emulators things like that um but i i want that i want to own the physical copy as a collector you know that's kind of one of the one of the big ones like that that you want to have um but it's like 200 bucks so but i'm gonna i'm going i'm i'm gonna buy it you know so <laughs> it's gonna happen <laughs> i just have to find i, I want to try to get it for 160 somewhere and now it's gonna be hard but i'm gonna try it might be it might even be like 250 now i don't even know but that's that's my goal like i said kind of the thrill of it usually here's the thing is that usually i do end up getting what i want I don't know what it is. I'm not sure if it's the boobs, but it's probably the boobs. I don't know. I don't know if it's because like I, I frequent these game shops and stuff locally. I mean, I'm in Dayton, Ohio. We have a bunch of them. They know that I'll come in and I will buy some things at their market value. I'll buy. I'll come in and buy a bunch, hundreds of dollars worth of shit, and walk out. So I don't know if they just don't mind cutting me the deal. But the thing is that you have a copy of Earthbound. Somebody's going to buy it at that price. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. It's kind of a challenge for me to do that. But I've bought in other games, you know, rarer games for for cheaper, uh, like my copy of uh, Persona, the original Persona. I got. I, I don't get how to play. Is that an RPG? Yes. You don't know how to play Persona? Oh Persona 5 is something that, like, keeps oh being on PlayStation, but there's, like, too many, um, like, 
add-ons i guess or like dlc to where i'm just kind of confused by it i just leave it alone so i have not played persona 5 yet um, okay but uh i mean i own it because i got it for again the newest console i have is the ps3 and it came out persona 5 came out right when they were shifting like from ps3 to ps4 Mm -hmm. um but i so i but i ended up getting it on the ps3 i haven't played it yet um but i've played other uh the mega 10 games are my favorite that's part of the Shin Megami Tensei the Mega Ten series, I, big fucking nerd. I like JRPGs a lot, <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> kind of my I, jam. The ones I probably played the most were the um, Xeno Sagas. You ever play those? Mm-hmm. Yes, Xeno Gears. Well, Xeno Gears, well, I never played that one. That was for PS One. Oh my god! And then, but that was like Episode Five, and then they did Xeno Saga, which was like Episode One. I did like the first three of those, um, and those were PlayStation Two games. And then I cried so many times playing Xeno Gears. Oh, <laughs> I was so attached to that goddamn game. Um, but but I could talk about regular video game stuff for forever. Um, you know that's actually as a matter of fact. Uh, when I started initially and decided to try my hand at YouTubing and stuff, I was a part of a bigger project called Mag's Portal, and my job was retro video games, reviewing, uh, doing retrospectives for video games and stuff like that. Um, so. You know, it's definitely a big, big, big part of my life. It's just something I don't really get to talk about a lot. So I am excited about talking about something like this. Um, maybe not quite in the same vein, uh, but I don't know. Maybe we could do like a bonus episode sometime of a video game talk. We'll do a spinoff show. We could do another spin- people who talk about video games. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so obviously you guys know what you're here for. Uh, you're here for these uh, video game uh legends conspiracies myths uh i I don't know scary stuff i don't know um you know i guess we'll kind of i'll let some of you guys be the judge here um and uh decide you know decide what you think so we're gonna start off soft and and then we're gonna you know get harder and harder so if you're into that kind of thing uh stick around um first thing i want to talk about is the atarial landfill burial do you know about this, Pat? Yeah, it's copies of E.T., I think. Copies of E.T. buried out in the in New Mexico in the desert somewhere. So for a long time, uh, people thought that this was just an urban legend, right? So the story goes that Atari, uh, the Atari E.T. game did so fucking badly um, that they just straight up took all the copies of it remaining because nobody was buying it and buried it out in the middle of the desert somewhere in an unmarked grave basically and that was it you know um but again there was no real conclusive you know did they do this did they not do this even the guy who worked on the et game like he was saying no that that didn't happen not i mean yeah they probably got rid of all the all the cartridges and stuff but like they didn't go bury them somewhere um and you know people talked about it for a long time until 2014 a guy uh, making a film called Atari Game Over, um, kind of embarked on this project with with other people involved to excavate the the landfill, and they did. And yeah. lo and behold, guess what they found? Um, so the landfill actually was not. It wasn't just uh, ET games. It, it was it was pretty much anything everything that they had they had a like a warehouse right down the street basically it was in el paso and you know they took everything that they had and they buried it there uh actually they purportedly buried uh over seven hundred thousand games 
um, in, in that landfill. So, and it happened, they did this in uh, September of 1983. So within about a week, what was happening was the kids in the area were going and digging up the games and stuff like that. Um, and it was just, it was becoming really dangerous. So they actually poured a whole slab of concrete over top of where they buried the games and then filled it in with more dirt so that you couldn't get to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just, and then they didn't really want to encourage people to go out digging for it because they didn't, again, they didn't want, it was a safety concern. They didn't want people to get hurt. Sure. Um, but they did eventually excavate, um, not all the games they only excavated about a little over 1100 games um some of them have been you know moved to museums and things and you know given to some people i know like at, at one point uh the people working on excavating these things um we're kind of just giving them away because they're shitty fucking games you can buy them anywhere for like 50 cents <laughs> Um, but kind of a bad move because, I mean, you would think that, you know, being at the entire landfill, I mean, got a little bit more market value. But then again, I guess, how can you prove it? I don't know. Um, it's not like they were handing out certificates with them. But, um, you know, they, they did find it. And again, you can watch this journey um, in the Atari Game Over documentary. I've watched it. It's pretty good if you're into that kind of thing. Um, also, I had mentioned him previously on the show, but we'll talk about him again. The Angry Video Game Nerd uh made who was a youtuber uh made a movie and the basis of the movie is about the atari landfill situation and actually they kind of say that the reason why it was buried it was like a conspiracy they said in the movie the reason why it was buried was because the et game contained a map of area 51 <laughs> and waka waka oh uh, yeah hilarity ensues <laughs> um a lot of fans really don't like the movie i liked it um but if you're not a fan of the sh of his show you're not gonna like the movie anyway but it's just called the angry video game nerd movie um but yeah that's a big popular one you got any thoughts on the uh atari i remember that game because i didn't have atari my first system was nes but um my babysitter had uh they were like gifted an Atari when somebody had gotten an NES and then given them their old Atari. So I remember those old Atari games. And uh -huh. one, of, one of the things that I've, I've, I mentioned the Retronauts show uh, earlier in, in this episode, but it's funny to hear other people that are my age talk about video games and how like a, a bleak and like confusing video games were back then where you you weren't really given much in the way of instructions there was mm -hmm. no way to go on there was no youtube to watch walkthroughs or, or anything like that so you would get a video game and you would just kind of f literally have to figure out everything about it like right. what you're doing what the controls do what the point was and uh et was like one of those games where i don't think we necessarily knew what was happening like we knew it was an ET right. game because there was a sticker on it that said it was ET and we knew we were ET but you're just kind of like walking through the forest or something and I don't know if you're looking for keys or whatever but it was like Atari games were if it wasn't like Centipede or Space Invaders or something like that they were usually pretty confusing cuz cuz it was very there was very little like game to them um, well, and they shouldn't. I mean, ha having depth on in those kinds of games was difficult to translate. Right. And that's how it was with the ET game, and that's one of the reasons why it did so bad. And, and you know, they kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, again, if you if you've watched the nerd and you've seen his review on it, explains it pretty well. It's just that you had to read the manual, and that really wasn't something that you had to do. 
with a lot of these games you kind of just picked up picked and yeah you had to figure them out there's a learning curve but you figured it out eventually and this game was not that like you had to read it in order to really understand what you were doing and um you know again atari just didn't really it didn't really have that capability to and then you know mix with people not being able to do it also they only made that they made that game within six weeks and that was insane for the time yeah and you you don't make you didn't make video games that fast it was it crazy wasn't like the movie came out and they realized they when they they didn't even think about the video game tie-in at first and then with christmas coming or something they saw that this would be a way to capitalize on right. it and they released a game by christmas then it was pretty much ensured that everybody that had an atari would buy this game or what, right. that's what they thought you know well and they did that also with uh pac-man pac-man was also that um i don't know if you've ever played pac-man on the atari I, i'm sure you've played it on the arcade everybody knows pac-man right <clears throat> but if you play it on the atari it's fucking awful everything's block shaped and it's just it, you know it's bad it's not it doesn't run smoothly like it does in the arcade it's not good and it was a huge fucking flop a huge and they thought for sure like people were lining up out the fucking door to go to the arcade and play pac-man they thought for sure that bringing it into the home was going to be a huge deal and it absolutely was not right. <laughs> people hated it and you know for the time you know et's always seen as like the last nail in the coffin of the video game age because that's when we had the video game crash and they just they did so poorly at that point and you know fucking atari burying these things was kind of like a you know symbolic of them just burying video games um and then well, i think what happened was they realized and this is something that happened like with video game movies too or i'm sorry uh, comic book movies you know at some point there's this idea that um you know, we can just kind of make whatever and people buy things, right? Sure. We don't have to worry about the quality of the content, you know, um, license plus platform equals success. If we release, you know, a Fantastic Four movie, it's going to automatically succeed because everybody likes Fantastic Four and, and it's going to be a big movie and people are just going to go see it. We don't have to worry about it being a good movie. We have a we have a uh, popular property, and we're going to release it in this in this way, and it's going to be automatic success. Yeah. And you know the fact that you're going to rush a ET video game. ET was a, obviously a huge fucking movie, and they figured, well, we could just throw anything together in six weeks, and that'll be that, and it'll be a success. We don't have to worry about playability. We don't have right. to worry we don't about care any- if they like it. They're going to buy it, right? And then that inevitably always ends up biting them on the ass. You have things have to be good. And it seems like a ridiculous point to have to hammer home, but sometimes we need to remind ourselves of this. It right. has to be good. It cannot be bad. If it's bad, no one's going to want it. No one's going to buy it. Someone's going to make something good, and everyone's going to go get that instead. Right. right. So, yes, E.T. was a bad game. Atari was making bad games. And if you look at the leap between Atari and Nintendo, and there was other gaming systems, too. There was the Master System, which was like the Genesis like the Nintendo or the Genesis and stuff. But if you look at like what they could do um, from one to the other, like the Atari, I think the 7,800 was where they left off because the yeah. there was like three Ataris. There was a 2,600, the 5,200 5, yep, and the 78. And like, there was very little difference between each of those uh, upgrades, 
But if you look at like the 7800 to the Nintendo, it's absolute fucking light years. Right. And at that point, Atari was in the dust. And you had the rise of uh, home computing games. People that had, you know, the Amiga, they had computers or PCs or whatever. Right. That, you know, so. Yeah. Well, Atari did have the uh, the Jaguar. They came out the Jaguar to compete with the. That was like the 32X era. I remember that. They had. Uh... It was weird time for video games. <laughs> yeah, it, it was post. It was right after Sega CD. And you had uh, Atari had the Jaguar. I think maybe there was a Sega Saturn. Or you had the Genesis. Uh, no, you had the, it was the Sega CD. It was Sega CD, but it was 32X. Was and the, the 32X. At the, right. They were pretty much at the same time. And the only thing that the Jaguar really had, and then there was the Neo Geo, which was like, or 3DO. There was like a bunch of other the like 3, Yeah, the 3DO, the, the, Neo, the Neo Geo could have been so fucking cool. And some of the games it has are really fucking cool. But it's the same issue with that happened with the Atari Jaguars that the Jaguar just did not have the games that people wanted. It had Alien versus Predator. And everybody really, really likes that. Yeah. And that, but I never played it because that was literally the only game for that right, console. The only reason why you would buy it. Right. Yeah. And it was a first person shooter where you could be either the alien, the predator, or the space marine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I should honestly, after we get done doing this, I'm going to go on YouTube and watch gameplay videos and see how, how it stacks up. Because That's a good idea. I don't think I've ever, I've ever, I only saw pictures of that like in GamePro yeah. or like EGN or something. Like I, I, I've never actually seen that before. Um, yeah. But that, yeah, that was it. That was their big comeback. But, you know, tying into my D&D stuff, they did have, uh, they did get the license later on. They moved into computer games and Atari did um, Enter the Matrix, which was a decent enough Matrix video game. And then they also did uh, Dungeons and Dragons Temple of Elemental Evil. And um, that was an excellent pc gaming D adventure it was probably the as and even today like they just released this piece of shit uh D game for the ps4 which i fucking cannot stand but um the probably the best dungeons and dragons video game if not uh the sega genesis is warriors of the eternal sun is atari's temple of elemental evil uh for the pc so they they still kind of kicked around a little bit but now i don't think they're fucking doing anything yeah they're no like they're not they're done <laughs> they're, 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 they're done and uh you know really when they buried the shit in the landfill that's probably when they should have stopped because then we had nintendo and mario and it saved video games it really did right. it saved the fucking video game culture um which is you know i i guess a great thing you know ended up being being born from the ashes anyway um but yeah no that actually did happen atari went and took a bunch of their shit and buried it out in the desert somewhere because they <laughs> failed so miserably so that's um that's true that's real that happened um but well let me let me switch gears here um let's go over to something that that maybe didn't happen or maybe it did uh we, we don't know um this is actually kind of uh the reason why we we did this episode uh was because i had mentioned polybius to pat and pat you never heard of this, is that right? At the time, I had not. You had not heard of of Polybius. Um, now again, maybe, and and that, that kind of came as a shock to me. But you know, then again, I guess now that I think about it, um, I don't know why it would. Uh, Polybius is allegedly um an arcade game that uh was only in Portland, Oregon, supposedly. Um, that came out in 1981, and it was 
so fucking popular. Um, I mean, people were were lining up out the door to play this game. They were breaking out the fights to play it. Uh, so extremely a popular, very addictive game. Um, and it was only there for about a month. And then it just kind of disappeared. Um, rumor had it that uh, about once a week, uh, a, a, man, a man in black would come and seem to pull information from this arcade cabinet. Nobody really knew what was happening. Um, other people that had played the game were experiencing bouts of, uh, after playing it for long periods of time, of amnesia and insomnia, night terrors, hallucinations headaches all kinds of issues um and then it just disappeared like i said nobody ever heard about it again um and you know people have kind of talked about it uh now the thing about polybius is that we don't really know if it exists and it's possible that it doesn't however it's also very possible that it does and it actually nowadays technically it does exist um and we'll kind of get into that in a second so um the story of polybius kind of became more uh relevant in the year 2000 um when it was added to an arcade cabinet um resource website called coinop.org you can actually still go on there and look at the polybius page you can go on there and look at all these arcade cabinets it's a really cool website um but it showed up there on february 6th in the year 2000 and um there really wasn't much known about it uh the copyright for it said that it was from 1981 uh and it it mentioned like these weird rumors surrounding it but that was really it um and then of course the internet started talking people claim to have remembered this game um they you know some people have alleged to claim it so you know somebody knew you know their cousins you know husbands late fathers somebody died playing it um you know it was just kind of one of those things and it really 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 took off um now the you know this would be pretty easy for somebody like this to just create this fake story you know we've seen it happen a lot um however in the 1980s what we know is that it was a very strange time okay uh, especially with the government and, and things like that um we know that there was probably still some really shady mk ultra type stuff going on kind of touched on that a little bit um at the time these arcades were hot spots for criminal activity you had kids selling drugs to each other you had teenagers or not even just teenagers criminals going on and pit, pickpocketing people because you had all these kids with just all this loose money in their pocket um and then also some of the arcade machines and some of these these places were gutted and they were actually used for gambling which is also illegal so what we know um we do have documentations documentation from the fbi saying that they were actually going and bugging some of these arcade games they were putting cameras inside of them they were putting listening devices inside of them and they were coming in and out of these places so you would see men in suits carrying out whole arcade cabinets frequently and stuff like and you would have again you would have cameras on these things um it's not like that that was unheard of so is polybius a thing i don't know pat what do you what did you learn about it since uh probably everything i just said <laughs> um no i had heard that uh really there was a, a game pro article about like um 
GamePro did some kind of uh, story in the the early two thousands uh, or feature about uh, like Legends of the Arcade or something like that. Right. I don't know, maybe it's for like a Halloween episode issue or something. And they mentioned it, and then after it was mentioned in there, it kind of it was kind of like a creepy pasta where like it just kind of spiraled. Right. Right. Um. One of the one of the explanations that I had heard that really um. I thought was very interesting was that somebody had said that, um, you know, the reason that it, the idea of these men in black coming in and every couple of weeks and, and looking at this machine is because if anyone, if any arcade owner ever had any of the uh, laser disc video games that people like the, like dragon Lair, I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like oh, the yeah. Don Bluth animated video games that were played off laser discs. Yeah. Um, that, that those were huge draws. People loved those things. It was like amazing technology. However, yeah. they were constantly breaking down. Because it was it was almost too uh too cutting edge technology to be thrown right. in an arcade with a bunch of fucking prepubescent boys and just banged around on all day. So um yeah, there was repairmen there constantly servicing these machines. So this idea of like, you know, yeah, there was this game and it, sometimes it would work and there'd be all these people crowded around it fighting to play. And then sometimes it would be off and these men would come in and fix, you know, like that's kind of how it worked, you know, in, in these arcades right. a lot. Is that, yeah, they did need to be serviced constantly and they were sometimes broken down and yada, yada, yada. So uh, I saw that. But no, I had I had never heard of this. Although it does have like... The story about it kind of rhymes with, um, you know, the idea of these forbidden works of art, be it like the play, the killer in yellow, or if anyone that watched American Horror Stories this season, there was one about a movie that screened at a drive-in drive -in that turned everyone into uh, zombies. This is kind of a recurring thing where there's a, someone creates something yeah, and it has an effect on the audience and it drives them insane. It's banned art. Uh, also, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Last Starfighter. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. That might be a little bit above your, before your age. No, well, I, I, I know about this because they think that Polybius might be based off of that. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Last Starfighter, which is an idea that aliens were using arcade games to find uh, fighter pilots. And I mean, that kind of always made me feel good about being good at video games was that I wasn't sure. just playing video games. I was actually training for some intergalactic war, you know, <laughs> but they, they do the same thing like in Terminator two. Like there's this scene where John Connor's at the mall with the little red haired kid and he's playing like afterburner and they show him being like really good at it. And he's very determined. And it's like, okay, are we supposed to believe that the reason John Connor's fucking John Connor was because he was good at video games? Like, right. all right, whatever, whatever you say, James Cameron, like that's fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is kind of a, a recurring thing, too, that I think every, it, it's a delusion that every video game nerd in the 80s harbored, that I wasn't just wasting my life playing uh, playing this game, that yeah. somehow this this will be used for something later on. And in fact, uh, one last anecdote I'll bring up, Ernest Klein, the guy that wrote Ready Player One, his follow-up novel to Ready Player One was his book Armada, which is basically, um, it's, one, it's, it's a ripoff of last starfighter but it but there's twinges of like uh uh it's an mmo rpg that he's playing and uh but it's basically like last starfighter 
So this idea that video game nerds are, are really training, they're, they're, they're going to be the world's most elite warriors at some point. And you're right. And they're, they're probably not. I mean, no. so... <laughs> I mean, unless the drone thing, like, that's the thing. I wish that I had, like, I guess, but drones don't fight. Like, drones just, like, blow up fucking daycares and shit. Like, you know, like this idea that, like, if you're, if you're really good at playing video games, like, you'll be a good drone pilot one day. I just think it makes people that can't fit in cockpits feel good about themselves yeah well i mean you know there's just there's some things to this i like i know that a lot of people it, it wasn't unheard of for people to to fall ill while playing these these arcade games i mean there's there's stories that people might have maybe gotten confused like people having heart attacks while playing games like one one man had a heart attack playing berserk and people just fucking ran with it and thought that it was because it was because of the game one guy i think i don't know if he died or he just passed out it was after he played this game for 28 hours straight yeah i read that but then think about how that happened when pokemon came over because we didn't know like you know epilepsy and and the fact that this stuff could cause seizures that was all very uh very new information to us back then well, we're you gonna know, talk video- about Pokemon too. So yeah, I know, but like the, the fact that like video games could trigger something, something like that, yeah. and epileptics was like it's still something we're wrapping our heads around. I have a buddy that um, is a really like normal, healthy dude, and you know he he's very smart and he's he's you know one of my best friends. The dude cannot play first person shooters; they give him like motion sickness. Just something about that. And sure. the way that it affects his brain, and he's not like a weird, you know. There's nothing else wrong with him as far as I mean. He's a scumbag, but that you know that doesn't. Well, especially in some of these arcade cabinets, it's not like you're, you're not just standing there. First of all, I mean you're 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 pretty immersed in it. And some of the cabinets were very intricate, you know. So they were very yeah. involved. Like think of like a racing game. You know what I mean? You're kind of more in the game than 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 you would be sitting at home or you know what have you. So yeah, I mean of course they they were bound to cause issues. And again small crime was happening in these areas you had gambling and drugs and and pickpocketing and you know yeah. what have you and and then of course yeah you then you do have the fbi element to it so it's not like there's nothing to the story um however do you think polybius ever existed um no you don't think so no but i think that it uh the reason like you said there's a but it, it speaks about uh it speaks more about the subculture of what was going on at the time, you know, and I think that's why so many people are uh, fascinated by it. Well, and oddly enough, now you can play Polybius, allegedly, um, you know, no, someone you, made one for, but they just like use the name because a couple that, of them have been made. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so you can play them. Actually, going back again, I, I know I keep endorsing this fucking guy, but Angry Video Game Nerd did a whole episode <laughs> on it. So it's kind of it's kind of endearing that like within the video game culture, it's like it's not real, like it's not real, but like it's real. You know what I mean? So he did a whole he did a whole video about it. And it was like a horror, like a horror story basically it's pretty good um nerds you know, love their callbacks about what's that i said nerds love their callbacks <laughs> yeah they do um but no he did a, he did a, he did a video about it you should definitely check it out it's just angry video game nerd polybius um and it's you know he did a good job but yeah it's kind of just shows that again within like the video game culture it's just one of those things where like again we all know that it's not probably real but like we're we're going to defend it to this day that it is so uh-huh. but for all intents and purposes 
um it's it's not i'm gonna say that it's it's not real it never existed um it's just fun it's just a fun story but if you have any proof that it did um i will happily take it so that's that's for sure um, sure that's polybius so <clears throat> you know as as you can tell i've i've sectioned these up to just kind of get darker and darker so here we go uh i told you we would talk about earthbound right uh-huh this one's more of a this is kind of a hard category to cover in general um because you have something as innocent as the atari landfill and then of course you know the as dark as what we're going to end it on um with earthbound this is more of a fan theory um but but a damn good one um so you're playing earthbound have you played it before uh yeah okay so you're you're familiar um so you're you're you know it's got some weird stuff in it sometimes Uh it's got some really strange things um but you know the final boss uh what is it gigas i I believe is how how it's pronounced Uh um it's fucking weird right it's kind of scary honestly in this game that's really kind of wholehearted and like you're eating hamburgers for health and shit like that it's kind of it's kind of weird it's kind of out of place um so the fan theory goes that the fight that you're having with Gygus is that you're not actually like fighting Gygus. What you're doing is you are performing an abortion and you are killing the fetus of Gygus before it even has the chance to come out and, and take over the world. Right. I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. Well, yes and no. So you, well, so you are stopping it in like a form, but I know that the creator of the game has not, he's actually said that that's not, you're not doing an abortion but like even the final dungeon that you're in (laughs) like you enter a fucking vagina cave yeah you know what i mean like you go and go up to this cervix thing to fight this thing and when you look at the image okay when you look at the image of this thing it it there's like so you first have gigas and it's, it's just this weird twisted face but then the it it multiplies across the screen and it starts kind of moving but the way it looks with the pattern there's clearly the outline of a fucking baby in the background i'll I'll post a picture of it with the episode you're um it's obvious what you're doing yes you're absolutely right so and then like the but the dialogue is fucking weird like it's fucking weird gigas is saying shit like um like oh i don't even you know i actually let me let me feel let me pull it up because it's fucking strange um so while she's pulling that up i'm just gonna riff on this for a second so yeah. earthbound is definitely one of those games where the creator was uh a japanese uh he was i actually know about this because of the retronauts podcast where they did an episode on earthbound the guy that wrote earthbound had never written video games before he was a copywriter he was a guy he was like he was like a don draper of the advertising world in um japan and he obviously he knew of nintendo this is this was released on the um for the super nintendo in like the mid 90s so you know this was an established video games were an established platform this guy just decided he was going to write uh write this video game and it's very much a japanese person's interpretation of western culture and uh it, it has a very wholesome 1950s 60s america vibe to it in fact they the uh <laughs> earthbound is kind of like the paul's boutique of video games because they sample beatles and rolling stones music 
in the score yeah yes for the video game which was something that they they never really were able to do before and legally they've never done since which is why there's you have such a hard time finding it like they don't re-release it they don't port it i mean like earthbound and earthbound 2 the characters are in super smash brothers so it's a franchise you could buy amoebas of them like ness okay so it's part of a series called the mother series there's three of them right yeah so earthbound mother two. two uh right, and the, and mother two right yeah and then there was mother three mother three was net with earthbound slash earthbound two um i think it came out on the ds uh i think it did but it only came out in japan yeah at least in america right but they but they still have amoebas of the main character is ness in earthbound three i've never and mother three i've never played no it. he's only in mother he's only in earthbound but the main character from mother three earthbound two, wow. slash earthbound two they have an amoeba for and he is a playable character in super smash brothers okay, i didn't even know that yeah so um yeah so there's very and then you have to understand like when they write these video games in, in japanese they're they don't like to to translate the script into american for when it's made for when they release it in america those translations don't aren't always like they're of varying degrees of quality and a lot of times things get lost in the translation and a lot of times there's words and 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 even concepts don't translate perfectly well right you know and i think earthbound is one of those things where it, it is very kind of disjoint like i don't want to say disjointing because it makes it because it, it, it still flows it's almost like dreamy and just like really fucking weird it's really weird and like yeah. and this isn't the only like fan theory that there is with i mean another one is that ness is gygas and that like you die in the end because you have to basically like kill yourself and like yeah. it's, it's interesting and there's like different clues throughout that make it that way and i'll I'll, you know. I'll drink the tea on the abortion one because that is basically what you're doing and and you're right, right. he is you are in, in like a a very uh you're in a vagina cave a bio yeah it's like an, like think about like when the aliens when you go into like an alien hive and the aliens movies and stuff how it's like you know it looks hr geigery a little bit yeah right and so you know and but and and then you know not just that um so what what the creator of the game has said is that um or so i've heard you know he kind of got the inspiration for this because as a young kid he fucked up and walked into the wrong movie theater and the movie that was playing at the time was some type of crazy, brutal Japanese movie, and he walked in on a rape scene. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and that's where, you know, kind of this fever dream, fucking nightmare final bosses come from. So when you couple that with the dialogue <clears throat> put in, put into place here is, uh, you know, so I, I, I found it. So what happens is you actually can't fight, like, you can't hurt Gygus. Um, right. Can't really- the defeats it is like your friends and stuff start like singing and praying or some shit right um so gygus is like you know yelling you know stop it stop 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 yelling or stop singing but then things start getting weird and like the dialogue that pops up ends up getting really choppy and strange so it's like stop dot 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 please stop and then it's like exclamation points and then it's like and in between this it's there's like other dialogue that pops up that's like telling you that like you're basically being overcome by the power and or whatever 
Um, but then it starts saying it hurts. Then it's, it starts saying I'm happy, but the way it spells happy is, you know, H dot, 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 A dot, 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 very slowly. Um, it, and then it hurts, it hurts. Um, and then I feel good. Good is again, G dot, 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 O dot, dot, dot. Um, I'm so sad, you know, that, and it's not right. Stop it. It's not right. When, so when, when you couple that with the fact that this man got the inspiration from a fucking rape scene, like it's fucking dark. It's yeah. so dark. But let me tell you, Earthbound is a good ass fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how dark it is, um, it's 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 a really good game. Uh, you should definitely check it out. It was way overlooked um, for its time. It's unfortunate. Well, it's been made more readily available now. Um, and of course, there's a big movement. Which again, with the whole abortion thing, I mean, the series is called Mother. That's what it's called. This is just the second of the series. Um, so, you know, decide for yourself. Again, I'll post the pictures. You, you know, you guys tell me, do you think it looks like a fetus? Because it does. It's definitely a, a, a fetus in the background of all that twisted faceness. It's just fucking straight. So, Earthbound, you know. Earthbound I, is a great game. Yeah, I would I would recommend anyone play it. It's, 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 a, it's an RPG. It's got great mechanics. It's super, it's not easy. It's grindy a little bit, but it's not like unbeatable uh it's got some cool mechanics to it enemies that you're stronger than you automatically beat so that fucking is awesome yeah so eventually you just towards the end of the game you can just kind of skate through yeah areas and and then uh it's uh everything about it's kind of cool and uh it's a cute game it's very cute yeah the graphics are cool um believe it or not until you get to the end it's fucking horrifying Yeah, I remember the when you turn into the robot. Like, I not that I'm spoiling like a ton of it, but like sure. when I was younger, because I never owned it as a kid, because it was always really expensive. Right. Um. It was because it was a Nintendo game, but it was always like it was always like seventy dollars. Like if, if video games were like forty to fifty, Earthbound was always like seventy. So I never owned Earthbound, but I would always rent it. Yeah, Nintendo doesn't depreciate in value either. Like yeah, you know. and it's it's that's why I, I have no problem like playing the ROM now right because it's really the only way i'm gonna do it but right uh, yeah if you're if you even have a passing interest in video games or you remember it if you if you played it as a kid it's just as good as you remember check it out again and if you never played it and you want like a decent you know because uh, it's super nintendo so it's it's not like you're going back and playing an atari game or a nintendo game like it's it's it it holds up i mean it's definitely got the retro vibe to it but it's not so terribly uh, and it was pretty cutting edge for a Nintendo game too. No, it's good. I I, I like I like the I like the graphics on it. Um, yeah. You know I, I do. Um, it's it's really good. You know for the time and then just plus the the gameplay itself is really good. It's it's funny. Like one of the enemies that you fight and there's so many silly enemies, but I like the the occultist, the happy occultist. Oh, the blue know. ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just I just rescued the girl, and I saw that's like the last thing I did was uh fight one of those. I, I beat all the I beat all the cultists yeah. and then, uh <laughs> but you fight things like 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 stray dogs and 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 fucking uh fire hydrants and you know hippies. so it, right hippies yeah hippies and you know so but it's it's a good game it's really wholesome and then you get and then when you get to the final boss you'll be like oh this is what they were talking about i see that now because then you go into a vagina cave and you abort this which evil is very thing. japanese of it i mean it's very 
Right. It makes as, a lot as, of sense. As much as it's trying to do American culture, it, it definitely shows its it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's Japanese-ness at the end. You're like, oh, But yeah, no, it's, right. it's really good. It's absolutely <laughs> worth your time. Uh, definitely check it out. The music is great. I mean, I can hear it in my head. It's, you know, yeah. it's timeless. It really is um, for, for what it is. But, you know, so there's that. Okay, well, let's move on, I guess, to the next. Um, I got two more here for you. Okay. <clears throat> so imagine that you are a kid in the 90s okay and you are on christmas vacation and the one thing that you get from santa claus happens to be a game boy right big deal at the time right oh my gosh the game boy you can take your video games with you places it was awesome and accompanying with that was of course probably the biggest game on uh said game boy is a copy of a pokemon either red or blue doesn't matter which one right and and you're playing this game and you know pokemon you've watched the show it's really super wholesome ash is trying to you know fight the elite four and he wants to become the champion you know sure he's got to catch them all you want to be the very best like no one ever was right and and so you're you're enjoying this and as you're playing the game you are uh you know you're you're catching you're catching them all you're getting all the pokemans and and you're you're liking some others and you got your team built and everything's a great happy time it's all about friendships and and building bonds and being the very best um and then you you stumble upon a city uh that is very bleak now granted again you're playing on the game boy so everything's already that uh, weird green scale color anyway um but the whole air of the place just seems weird compared to the rest of the game and uh there's not a gym in this one you know it's just one of those weird one-off towns you don't you don't have a gym leader to fight or anything like that um however you start hearing this tale about uh the tower and how you need to go into this tower and rescue a uh a ghost pokemon and you're like okay now there are ghost types in the game you know we know that but then you enter this tower and you are met with not the typical you know tall grass or even the zoo bats in the cave uh you're met with gravestones and uh your npc standing next to the res- respective gravestones of their beloved pokemon um but this is happening and and while this is happening not just that is going on uh but you were hit with uh probably i'll just be honest with you probably the most terrifying sounds you've ever heard in your entire life it just crawls all over your skin it really gets to you and uh meanwhile you are tasked with uh rescuing the the soul of this pokemon so you're hit with with a reality for one that pokemon actually do die right it's not something we think about in these games at all um and two you have to sit here and listen to this grating fucking sound play over and over again you're in lavender town a lot of people that have played pokemon know of lavender town by now um but uh and a lot of people if you know then you already hear the song playing actually you know what? i might ins- i might put put the lavender town theme uh, on this episode <laughs> sure while you're doing your little fucking spoken word thing i think that'd be great <laughs> i think so um so here's the thing uh again lavender town was kind of a big deal um you you are faced with this weird reality that you're not typically faced with in a pokemon game again it's very happy-go-lucky it's it's very fun and light-hearted and wholesome just kind of like with the earthbound stuff you know except you're not aborting anything this time but again you do get faced with the reality that pokemon die and you do have to stop and talk to these characters and they're mourning the loss of, of their pokemon and as a kid you know most kids not gonna say all kids but a lot of kids don't you're not faced with grief and things like that immediately in your life 
Um, so it already has this very strange ambiance to it, but uh, we're not talking about this. We're actually just going to talk about the song. Um, so a lot of people dubbed this lab, the Lavender Town Syndrome. Allegedly, when the game was first released, every Pokemon game, most video games, I'll be honest with you, they're released in Japan first, and then eventually we get them like six months later. Um, but you know, so this happened, and allegedly, when the first run of Pokemon Red and Blue came out, and kids got to the tower, um, you know, with all the graves and stuff, and started hearing the song, uh, they started experiencing fucked up shit. Like they were, they were sick. A lot of some kids allegedly even killed themselves over this terrible, terrible noise, and uh, you know, people didn't really know what was going on. Now, here's the thing. Okay, there is no proof behind this at all except for the fact that what we do know is that the version released in japan is not the same thing that we ended up getting in the united states it's a different it's it's a different the song is slightly different people have ran it through programs they've seen that it's different so they did tweak it and so it's kind of kicked off this whole conspiracy feeding into this rumor as to why now i'm not sure what came first i don't know if people discovered that the music was different and then they wanted to know why or if they created the story first and then decided to dig and they found out that bit of information. But um, as of right now, there's no proof that this song was the cause of any of this. However, um, there are things known as binaural beats. Do you know about these? I can't say it. Binaural oh, yeah. beats. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, people. They're big on YouTube. Yeah, people will use them to uh, basically. You can then do like a high from them. You can do all kinds of stuff. Um, you can. Oh, go ahead. Supposedly, you can. Uh, I've seen these videos on YouTube, um, and you can. You basically you you play this YouTube video, and it'll uh, give you a hands-free erection and then bring you to orgasm. I would like to try that, except I can't get you erection. Have a yeah, it's, you, you have the plumbing for it. Will you try anybody? Anybody try this and let you, me know. You just ask me if I would do that. No, I'm not I, do just, that I want anybody to do it. I wonder if it it's works. Kind of a weird request for you. Why is that weird? <laughs> what, does it work? I'm cur- <laughs> I don't. I can't do it, or I would. Let me ask you this: Do you think that I've tried it? <laughs> what do you think? You think okay. you think I came across that and then just looked the other way? <laughs> I'm going to do a poll on it. Twitter. Do you think that Pat tried this? <laughs> fair enough um but there well there's all kind there's binaural beats for all kinds of things right and and what they are is things that we actually can't hear with the naked ear we can't as adults um so kids can hear differently than we can and there's like that old people noise i don't know if you ever heard it like for a long time back when like flip phone flip phones were cool there was like that ringtone that like kid you know you could get and your parents couldn't hear you getting a text or whatever and it's just super high-pitched um you know kids could hear it adults can't your hearing degenerates as you get older it just happens whatever um but binaural beats are basically the same concept so stuff you can't hear however it's still happening and it it can influence different parts of the brain to do different things so a lot of people believe that the lavender town theme music had these in it and that's what was causing these kinds of issues with the kids and that's why they ended up changing it for the american release um because they didn't want a repeat of what was going on and that this has kind of been a big cover-up i've always kind of chalked this one up to creepypasta um but as we were talking about earlier in the episode wouldn't be the first time that pokemon hurt kids 
guess is the way to put it. Sure. You know, they did. They had the Porygon episode where a bunch of kids had seizures because of the flashing lights or whatever in it. And that episode's now pulled. It's a. It's considered lost media. You can't watch it anywhere. Um, but the Lavender Town music you can still find. Again, I'll probably put it in here. Why not? Um, you might have already heard it already. I don't know. But uh, what do you think of this one, Pat? Uh, I want to go back to the way you started off this this one. Is that you said? Now imagine you get a Game Boy for Christmas and you you, of course what do you get with it is pokemon and it's like what like no when i got a game boy the only thing you got with it was tetris uh (laughs) and you're you're going you're you're fast forwarding like seven years that's that's a good point i guess i I had uh i had game so like yeah pokemon red and blue came out and those were available for game boy the weird grayscale one um i didn't have a game boy at that point at that point i had probably i know uh that came out pokemon didn't come out to like my senior year in high school and uh or a little bit later and um it wasn't really on my radar i i knew what it was but i was kind of like eh but then when i was you know about uh when i was like 19 18 19 20 game boy color came out so the Game Boy, the Pokemon game that I did have was um, the Game Boy Color Pokemon Yellow, which is where you okay. start with Pikachu. Okay. So that was like the third one. So it was red and blue for the longest time on the grayscale. And then... Yeah, I, red and blue came out in, in uh, 98. The Game Boy came out in 89. So that is a big difference. But I yeah. I know people that, that got a Game Boy just for the Pokemon Sure. I, yeah, I re-got one. Because I'm sure my original Game Boy, I gave it to one of my cousins or something. And uh, But that is a big difference, yes. Yeah, so I got the color one. And I, when you bring up, like, Lavender Town, like, I know because we talked about, obviously, you told me what we were going to be covering sure. this week. I don't know if I remember that. Like, maybe I didn't get that far. Or maybe I just, it it didn't. You know, the ghost Pokemon stuff. Like, I know my son watches a lot of YouTube videos, and I know the, the idea that when Pokemon die, like, that's where ghost Pokemon come from. And there's some really right. fucked up lore with some of the Pokemon, too. Well, right. I was going to say that. Some of these Pokedex entries are fucked Yeah, up. it's there's some weird shit in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, as far as there being some kind of tone that uh, could have had an effect on kids, I mean, I think whether or not, I don't think it was necessarily done intentionally. But the fact that the, it was changed in the different versions mm-hmm. um, shows that they must have felt the, a need to do that. So there must have been some kind of adverse reaction. But uh, Because you can absolutely induce fear with binaural beats. And if that was kind of the point to do it was to make some type of cutting edge technology at the time to make you kind of feel more during your gameplay. It could have been a happy accident. It could have been like, hey, look, we're going to do this and it could have been you know and then there's always the fact there's composers and music people are always doing fucking weird shit just to you know people are looking for ways to cut corners and write an interesting song and i know like they're supposed to be i remember i had uh i've always had lots of friends and bands and i had friends that were in this one band and i and i remember them working one of them had discovered learned that there was um chord progress there's chords that were considered like cursed chords do you know that no like okay so i don't know if it's like a a, uh 
A minor seventh or fucking whatever, but chords that had a very demonic sound to them, or they sounded evil, or they sounded dark or foreboding or something. And back in the Renaissance or whenever, when they were people were composing music, though you didn't use those those finger formations on a piano, right? You wouldn't use that chord in a song because it was too dark and it was too jarring. Huh. Okay, and, and those were kind of just labeled like. Uh, demonic chords or forbidden chords or something like that it was something that you would do on a piano but that piano translates to, to guitar so then they were like oh well, we should we should write a song just use notes and that would be a fucking badass song and it's like okay you're trying to find a gimmick to write something that's interesting maybe it'll sure. work, maybe it won't so you know maybe when they were writing the score for lavender town they intentionally were you know used some shenanigans or trickery i don't think it was like a psyop or anything no um, I don't you know, either. It, it might have been a happy accident that led to us understanding binaural beats more um but i think the fact that they were to change if they were to change the the music from version to version shows that definitely they realized that intentional or not they did something, something and we're right. trying to make sure they didn't do it again right. so i think it's a true story you know how mm. how and how much intentional it was i think it's debatable but and it could have just been headaches or sickness or you know what i mean it could have been something simple like that it didn't have to be kids killing themselves right you know and and that's so again it's just a bigger story based off of you know this small you know thing that happened that wasn't great but they you know they fixed it um but it it is interesting i mean i can tell you no matter what you know when i hear the lavender town music it's it's creepy especially compared to like the rest of the music in the pokemon games it doesn't fit weird it's it's it sounds like it they it sounds fake almost because you couldn't imagine that being a part of the game sure um but you know so it is all it does already stick out like a sore thumb and maybe just that's why you know because it is weird and um you know it it honestly it scared me playing the game trying to go there i'm like i don't i don't want to hear that i'm gonna be scared um because i knew what was coming <laughs> so uh because it, it was scary as a kid and so i you know i don't know i'm not sure what it was about it but i don't know I, I agree i think you know the fact that they changed it shows that there was something you know there was something to it and uh you know i i don't believe that they're just like oh we just didn't like that version anymore that, that's the only song that you changed in the entire fucking game that's weird right you know and it happens that this weird story behind it i don't know but could it be a creepy pasta i mean that's kind of the point of creepy pasta is to make it believable um so it could be i'm not willing to die on that hill um i say it's true i say it's true but unintentional and it probably wasn't as severe as the some of the stories i'll make it out to be right that's true so anyway um this one will be easier because here's the thing we've been talking about these video games and uh i mean it's not easier as far as topics go because it's darker but uh video games are meant you're meant to have fun with it right it's supposed to be something that you enjoy um but but this one was a case where a video game was made and it was specifically made to be bad um and i know again people that probably listen to the show probably heard of this before um we're talking about sad satan so sad satan has kind of turned into its own monster it was already bad but then it just got worse um some guy uh on youtube called obscure horror corner uh had this game sent to him some dark web link sent to him and somebody's like hey check out this video game so we did and he checks it out and he streamed it and it was fucking weird and to call it a video game is very it doesn't even make much sense 
basically all you are is you're a character and you're walking up and down hallways and they it just they start becoming more and more distorted as you continue down the hallways and there's weird music not even music noises and stuff going on in the background i mean it's made it's meant to be creepy and it's meant to creep you out but the thing about it is is that at first when this game kind of came out who knows the guy on the youtube channel could have completely fucking made the story up and made this game himself um but initially they kind of thought maybe it was some type of commentary on child you know sex abuse and as kind of the lore progressed and this game got out there more and more people on the dark web did start taking it and start inserting images of gore and child abuse and things like that don't 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 go look for this game to play it because if you do and you happen to get not the original version because the original one that he streamed again did not have that in there um but if you do go and get the wrong version of it you are then in possession of child porn and as i have learned uh you will go to jail for it <laughs> so you just made that sound so much worse than it needed to sound <laughs> right. it's not me i've never been to jail for it but okay um, all right keep talking keep talking you know we'll, we'll talk about that eventually uh but <laughs> anyway that doesn't matter um just period it's illegal to possess child pornography wow. thank you fucking it, matlock and uh that's just the way it is so don't don't go looking for this um however a lot of people talk about it because you don't really get video games on the dark web you get a lot of media sharing you get a lot of uh you, you get a lot of um you know movies and music and things that people rip off and stuff like that um but like you know as far as video games go they really don't exist i mean you can get like popular games but nobody puts like a, a you know engineered you know homebrew game on the deep web it just doesn't make any sense so a lot of people have speculated where did it come from who the fuck made it you know why is it here is it is it an actual predator and maybe some of the noises in it are instances of abuse happening that haven't been discovered is is this somebody's story you know what what is it 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 is very much a real again quote-unquote game um but what was the point behind it just to freak people out uh you know again the youtuber could have made it i don't know pat did you know anything have you heard anything about sad satan up until this point no but i looked into it after uh we decided to do this week's topic and yeah it's real scary and off-putting and it's just like i don't know i guess it's a game i guess right because you know it it pushes it's interactive i guess right so then that makes it qualify as a game like no and i don't want to i don't want to act like it's cutting edge like it pushes the boundaries of what you consider a video game no but it's it, no it's not good but it's just kind of one of those things where like i guess it's effective like scary video games is you could do a, a whole nother that's a whole different diatribe but like scary video games have never really been that scary to me i guess you know there's a, there's a few good jump scares in the early resident evil games um but that was it and i, I never got super to silent hill so i'm sure that maybe there's stuff out there that i'm missing that's genuinely like horrifying or something but um yeah you know the idea that a video game would scare you um that's not really why i did it and as much as i like horror movies and much as I like video games i never f- necessarily felt the need to combine the two but i know that that's becoming kind of a thing lately and i know that with like five nights at freddy and like uh bendy and the ink machine and kind of and this to a much lesser extent but this is kind of the idea of people using 
the video game and the kind of uh, story behind the video game to really creep people the fuck out. And, um, you know, I have not played this game, but like just kind of seeing what was online for it. Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of creepy and made you feel dirty. And you're just like, oh, fucking well, I mean, there shit are exist. gaming YouTubers and and also deep web YouTubers that like won't touch the topic of this fucking game. And, and I think that's just because there's so much misinformation surrounding it. it. It's like, you know, there's some people that even think that like it's some type of tool to summon Satan himself. And like, that's definitely not the case. Right. I mean, it's just a fucking game made on some generic, you know, platform, you know, but it, it's. I understand because again like i said if you go and play this thing and you happen upon the wrong version then you're in trouble and also that's disgusting you know to even entertain the idea of, of, of that and i think that people being told no you're not allowed has definitely made it a bigger topic than than what it actually is um right. because again the original didn't have any gore or anything in it like none of that existed in the game so you know the fact that people went and made it something it wasn't um has definitely made it a larger thing um but yeah i mean i just don't i wasn't too impressed with the story a lot of people are i think a lot of people are gonna listen to this episode specifically just to hear us talk about sad satan and uh and i feel kind of bad for disappointing you if you're one of those people because i mean that's it that's the story behind it um there's really nothing more uh the, you know the dark web is is a dark place and we will get into that in future episodes but um you know as far as this goes i mean this just kind of scratches the surface because this is extremely tame compared to what else is out there um but as far as video game goes i mean it does exist i guess it's a real game it's it's real um but does it mean anything i think it's just some edgelord being edgy and then multiple edgelords have come along and made it even edgier um i don't think that it's some it could be a commentary it could have started off as a commentary on on child sex abuse or whatever um but i don't think that it's i don't think that it was really deep i don't think it was supposed to lead to somebody's secret stash of kids or you know anything like that um you know i just there, there's no evidence for anything like that so I, that's all i really have to say about it you, have any... you know what it reminds me of um and i sure. was trying to have this ready by the time you finished talking so that i could kind of seamlessly jump in with it um continue if you'd like. man eating noodles and crying oh wow, uh, blank room soup is that and the the dude's like in a yes blank okay. room soup it reminded me of that mm-hmm. and like that's one of those things where i'm like is this some fucking art school shit or am i watching something really really bad <laughs> and it is it is along yes it is along the same sad yes. satan is along the same vein as yes. that for sure and i guess i you know, I don't like my internet being used for this type of thing. Sure. Like, I, I like I like the internet being a place where I can look at boobs and download Limp Biscuit songs that I want to pay for. Like, I don't. That's what the internet's there for. I want to meet girls and look at girls and listen to fucking bootleg songs. Like, I don't want to watch <laughs> fucking weird videos of people maybe eating their family while people in masks fucking pet their head and i don't want to play video games with fucking kids getting banged in the background and like right. you know what i mean like yeah. why do we go, why do we gotta why do we gotta do this as human beings as a race why do we gotta always fucking go there like can't we just keep things fucking pg-13 and cool 
and and a little bit illegal, but like in a, in a cool yeah, way. PG thirteen. I mean, hard R, maybe. hard R, NC seventeen. Fuck it, yeah. Yeah, hard R for sure. At least you but... know, can't we? Can't we ever just be fucking punk rock and cool about shit? No, it's always got to be. Someone's no, always got to take on, it too fucking now. far. It doesn't always have to be that way. That's the thing. Most people don't even realize how dark exactly things get, and 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 it's very important that we know, so that way we can try to create preventative measure measures to stop things like this from happening. But the first sign of the, the, the start of fixing the problem is recognizing that you have a problem. So I understand what you're saying, though. I don't like it either. Um, I, I don't like it, um, but I'm, I'm very fascinated by it because shit does get dark and definitely opens you up to a whole other world that you did not realize existed. Well, like, let's kind of like, uh, what did we learn this week, Charlie Brown? Let's fucking look back at the show. Like you have, because we're done now because I got to hit the fucking John. So like, you know, you had Earthbound, which was intentionally wacky uh japanese uh storytelling uh that's a little bit dark and a little bit deep but still fucking perfect Mm -hmm. and and absolutely fine and or you know we're not going to sit here and sing the praises of earthbound any longer because we don't need to all right and then you have something like you have something like the pokemon thing with lavender town which was probably unintentional and probably you know something negative happened somewhere else they wouldn't have changed the code sure but it's this is just kind of one of those things that happen and you know um it's just kind of the the un um unrealized power that video games might hold over us right and then you have the satan one yes. which is people just being fucking assholes and taking something that's fairly innocuous and making it dark and depraved and illegal it's never supposed to be enjoyable right i mean it's not you know nobody was ever supposed to really like it except i guess fucked up people but i guess i just why do we always got to take it that final step and really it makes me somebody you know and i i'm a i'm a fairly uh i'm a fairly complex i have lots of emotions and stuff but and i create things and really like when i when i look at stuff like that all it wants me to do is turn around and create more light in the world or create more positivity or like sure. you know because like a lot of like you know part of the reason i started working on this movie is because i'm like yeah i need my filmmaking batteries recharged i need to i want to do something again i want to make another short film or make a full-length film or something sure and i didn't but i really didn't know what or what i wanted to do it about because you have to have a story if you're going to do one of these things you got to have like you got to be fairly possessed by the by whatever idea you want to right. express is to put all the work into it to tell it and i didn't have it and i think like Part of part of that answer of what I'm going to do next came tonight because like just I don't know why why everything's got to be so fucking dark <laughs> you know like I know that darkness exists in the world but like do we have to intentionally turn the lights down you know I, mean, I think so yeah I I mean I I think awareness is important. I don't think people should be doing the stuff, but the only reason why, you know, it's important is because we have to make it important and we have to put it in the forefront. So that way, again, people realize that this kind of stuff is very real and people are capable of terrible things. I mean, I know that sounds silly and it sounds like everybody should know this, but everybody doesn't. Uh, a lot of people just kind of live in their own bubble. And uh, and not just that. Again, w- and with Sad Satan being an example, there's a lot of misinformation out there about it, and uh, people just continue to pe- you know perpetuate what's what's not. You know the their the facts about it are really misconstrued a lot, 
and and I think it's important to kind of settle what uh, you know the difference between fact and fiction just in general I think it's a really good idea um, because then you know some of the other stuff it takes away from some of the other stuff that is absolutely a thousand percent fucking serious and should be dealt with because people are focusing their energy on, on shit, dumb shit like this it isn't great obviously there's a crime committed somewhere with stuff like this um, but but there's a lot worse going on out there than than you know spoopy video game mysteries. Uh, that's for sure. So I don't know. That's my soapbox. That's that's what I had to say about it. I, I get what you're saying. I, I don't like it either. You know, again, as, as somebody with a very tragic past, um, one of the ways that I deal with it is by delving into things like this actually and picking it apart and uh, you know overanalyzing and and studying it and. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. I don't know why it gives me comfort, but but it does. So, you know. Did you know? Oh no. That flamingos are pink, um, depending on the amount of shrimp that they have in their diet. I love uh, pink flamingos. It's like one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. And it's very, very dark and nasty, but in a completely different way. No, it's great. Like, yeah. <laughs> John Waters' aesthetic. Like I'm all about yeah. the darkness of the world, as long as it's just, you know. Done John Waters way. You know? what, what, what are you? What are you? What are you? Did you knowing me? I'm no, curious. I was. No. I was looking up the blank room soup uh, thing, and it said that it was um blank room soup. Jesus, I, why don't I even start thinking about this again? But it said that it was. Uh, it said that it was a video created by uh, this guy that worked on The Simpsons. And I don't think that's fucking true. No. The guy that owns the there those suits are owned by that guy. He the suits were stolen from him. The characters that yes. you see petting on that guy, they were stolen from him. He doesn't yeah. know where that video came from. Nobody he, knows to this day where that video came from. So he's a guy in LA. That's what was crazy too, is that I think I always just assumed that it was Japanese. Uh no. it, or came from somewhere in Europe. But no, it was because the guy, the one person that you could see in it eating the soup. Looks is, Japanese. is Looks Asian. Asian yeah yeah and uh no i i remember i remember this now he the guy um he's, he's an animator he worked on the simpsons he worked on Racket ralph he had a b- bunch of different stuff very famous and he had those suits like a graphic design friend made them for him or whatever he and, was touring them they were doing like shows like stage shows with these suits they were like characters yeah and he they were like weren't they like drawing in his backyard or something and or they went missing from his garage. They were stolen. They were stolen. But yeah. they were stolen from his house. And then it they were, they showed up in that video. Years but that to me now. seems like that could be an at like a just a, oh because people connected him to those suits because they were like wait a minute we recognize those things you we recognize those. those characters and yeah. he's like oh they went missing so right um, and and a lot of people have speculated because you can't see the guy's eyes and the thing is is that once you kind of it's kind of an illusion in a way a lot of people have speculated the guy's not actually crying but the guy's actually laughing right he's laughing yeah and when you look at it that way if somebody showed you that video and said hey look look at this huh look at this funny video and you'd be like oh i mean you would see it that way so there's you really we really don't know i don't know where people got the idea that he's eating his family or you know anything or why or he's gonna die i guess because the thing runs at him at the end of the video but again we don't know it could just be a stupid video somebody made you know what i think why 
if that goes to like you saying that well there's darkness in the world and this stuff helps show the darkness in the world and i think no we project darkness into the world because like that the the blank room soup video people say that like oh he's eating his family and you watch that and you're like oh my god he's eating his family he's not he's he's probably not it's probably but we hear that story and there's something in us that latches onto it and then we like dwell on it and it becomes the focal point of our attention and we like manifest this darkness even more and it's it's yeah. completely not fucking true it's not based on anything that doesn't i'm not saying there's not that no one's ever eaten soup with human beings in it before i'm sure they have in the history of mankind but like that's not what's happening there but that's what we project onto it that is the blank it's almost like when that 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 blank room soup is like a blank canvas that you project whatever you have in you onto it and when you're just given the suggestion that it's something nefarious and dark and twisted, we kind of manifest that. Like we like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It could be. I, and I, I, feel, I, would... I feel like the Satan game is, is kind of the same thing where it's one of those. And maybe that makes it an effective piece of media is that it engages the, the, the viewer so much. Um, well, whatever the fuck it is, people are talking about. It. Like I said, there's going to be people that listen to this episode just for that segment alone. I promise you, it's fucking huge. So what, whatever the intention was of it, whether it was just this YouTuber decided to create it and create a whole story behind it, I mean, it was obviously it worked, and you know, it got people talking about it. And whatever the story is there, you know. But blank rooms. I see what you're saying. I mean, I would definitely have to dig into that a little bit more to see um, because I'm. I've read about it a lot before, um, but I don't have my my evidence or anything handy. Um, but like, I think people even sp- might have an idea of who that guy is eating the soup, and it's not good. Um, but I, I don't know. You know, I'm not gonna. I don't, we don't. I didn't study for this one, but <laughs> right. we can, we'll talk about that in the, in the later episodes, I'm sure, because sure. it's gonna be a whole string of of internet mysteries and and greatness. So it's gonna be wonderful. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know that's just but you're you're right i can see that because like i said if you watch that video with a different perspective and you were told that it was funny that's how you would perceive it it's funny without being able to see that guy's eyes you'd be like oh he's laughing he's having a good time huh it's silly that's right. what you would think so you know so and so plays a prank on their friend and feeds them soup all in a weird costume you'd be like ha, ah, you know that's i mean i guess you know so I, I agree with you there i agree with you there i mean as far as like why things have to get dark i don't uh, have the answer to that people some people are just bad fucking people that's why because there's bad dark people in the world and sure. uh, you know it's it's important to talk about the good and the bad i mean you know I, I feel like like i said it's important for a multitude of reasons for me it's because i know that by reading about the stuff and indulging in this kind of media it helps me it helps me cope for whatever reason and i'm not a bad person and i deserve to be allowed to cope and I think that there's others, I know that there's others like me with similar interests because of certain things. And if I can deliver that to them and make them feel better for two hours, then I just did my job, you know? So that's uh, that's my take on it. But I don't have anything else. You got anything else? No, babe, that's it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, stay tuned for uh, the upcoming episodes because if you like the darkness, it's, it's going to get worse. Uh. But with that being said, we'll uh, see you guys back here next Wednesday.